This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, helping take your leadership to the next level. Richard, it's good to see you. Well, thanks, thanks. And I'm uh, getting, and you're getting, you're seeing less of me here since uh, COVID has hit. I've been losing weight. I know. I was, I was going to say, uh, um, Carrie told me yesterday that you had uh, run a, a 5K, and uh, it's not your first 5K this week. Even. Uh, yeah, I've done four this week, and I, uh, I, I just to be honest with you, I've. I, I don't know what it was. It was a, well, it was a psychological thing. I was just having trouble. We, oh, I, I know it was a psychological we've, we've thing. We've got hills in our <laughs> neighborhood, and I'd be running and uh, heading out, and then I'd see this hill about uh, about a mile and a half in, and and I'd wimp out, and I'd I'd think, well, I'll just walk that, and then I'll I'll start running again. And I just it seemed like I did that every solitary time at some point. And so, uh, mo- so I, I actually had my son Daniel run with me Monday and Tuesday this week. And, uh, I just said, I just need some accountability. And so sure enough, uh, with him there, I didn't wimp out. I ran the whole thing. So, uh, cause I don't know that you, when, when Carrie and I have run with you, I don't think you've ever wimped out and you, you never had any problem keeping yeah, pace. I know. I but, know. Yeah. Well, that's where it helps to have some accountability. So I, I went out yesterday and actually made, ran one of my best times. I think I, I've ever run a 5k and uh and so this morning I got up and did it again and even beat that time so there you go. and uh since covid started I've lost 17 pounds now so wow, congratulations you know I just uh, decided when you have something as bad as covid uh, I just looked at that and said but what what are the possibilities you yeah. know you you can obviously you can see the problems but uh but there are always possibilities and to have two dozen trips canceled meant I was home and could eat right and exercise regularly. And, yeah. and, uh, I just thought, well, when COVID is sort of starting to taper off a bit, uh, and I can start heading back to the airport, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to be lighter and healthier and, yeah. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully you can find a, a, a rhythm within the travel to, to keep yeah, it up. That's, that's always the trick. Isn't that it? will be the <laughs> challenge. Sure, travel can just really be brutal on that. But, but so much of it, you know, and just life in general is your mental attitude to just yeah. say, not, not I'll try, you know, I'll, well, I'll try to do this today. I'll try yeah. to eat better. But to, to say, no, I can eat better. I can exercise. I will do that. And as soon as you just change that mindset, it's amazing how if you, if you just eliminate your excuses, uh, then you just don't use those excuses anymore. And it's amazing without excuses, what we can do. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, thinking, thinking of these, uh, things of, of eating right and, and staying healthy, exercising, uh, it reminds me of a saying, you know, just, you know, everything you do, do is unto the Lord, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and people often say, you know, just bring, you know, whatever you do, you're living for the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Nice glory, segue there. Glory of God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, here we are. Uh, yeah. So speaking of of living for the glory of God, and and it's if you've grown up in the church, it's a it's a term that you've probably mm-hmm. heard. Yeah. You know, like just as long as you're bringing God glory, and you know, these sayings that we just sort of throw around quite loosely. Uh, but what what does that actually mean uh, to live for or to bring glory to God? What is that? Yeah, it's a great question, Sam. And I, I just as I was thinking about what uh, we might talk about, it just struck me that we do hear that all the time. And and if you, and even uh, you know, if I, if uh, 
if you say to me, uh, well, Richard, you're, you know, you're looking slimmer. Yeah. You know, you're looking, looking good. Uh, our, our Christians typically say, well, to God be the glory, you know, to God. And we sort of defer to God and give him the glory, whether he wants the glory for some of the things that we <laughs> give to him or not. Uh, and, and it's and, often in a positive, you know, if, if something good has happened, Mm-hmm. I feel like that's often it's a it's yeah. almost a oh well I'm I'm blessed so I'll defer uh, to God and I think especially for for leaders and and you know you you work with CEOs and uh, we we talk with a lot of people in the workplace who aren't working for companies that have anything to do with God mm-hmm. and I think especially for them so what what does that mean to bring glory to God yeah. in a secular workplace well you know I think a couple of years ago Tim Tebow uh, really sort of popularized that or brought attention to it where right. you know if he got a point or whatever he'd he, he would pray and of course there's a lot of athletes that will do that if they get a touchdown or point, something point you know. the finger upwards yeah you know a lot of times uh, even musicians they sing a song and people start clapping for them and then they hurriedly point heavenward to say you know it's not me it's god and and like i understand i'm not trying to criticize that i'm just saying we're we're all trying to find our way to bring glory to god what does that look like does it yeah. mean pointing heavenward every time someone tells us we've done something good uh, yeah. and so, you know, we, and, and then what is that glory? Like what, like, I think yeah. we often just don't even like, what is the glory of God? And, and what are we saying when we point heavenward or, yeah. or say those sort of rebuttals to, to people's, <laughs> well, there's uh, I, not that I am in any way a Hebrew or a Greek scholar, but, uh, the Hebrew word for glory, the, the most, most commonly used one is kabod, which, uh, essentially means weight. Uh, heaviness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, uh, I, you know, my library, one of the things I like to collect are little stat, uh, like uh, men in armor, uh, knights and stuff. I just think it's so cool to <laughs> have armor and cannons, de- you know, decorating my bookshelves. And uh, so I'm always kind of on the lookout for that. And I was in Belgium back in March and uh, saw a little souvenir store and they, they advertised that little man in armor in the window. So I thought, well, let me check that out and see if it's a decent price, whatever. And so I walk in there and it looks pretty awesome. I go to pick it up and it's very light and it's obvious it's not really made out of metal. It's, it's made out of cheap plastic yeah. to look like metal. And as, as soon as you weigh it, you know, as soon as you lift it up in your hands, you realize, okay, this isn't really legit. You know, yeah. any, if it was legit, it would weigh a lot more than that. And so there is a sense in the Old Testament that the glory of God means that God is is weighty and 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 the the sense of there's substance here, right. uh, and and I think perhaps uh, that might be one of the reasons why one of the the uh, worst sins you can commit in the New Testament is what's called taking the Lord's name in vain, and to and when you take someone's name in vain, what you do is you make light of it. You treat it that you treat their name or their character lightly, hmm. and and so if the Hebrew word for glory is heaviness, weightiness, when you say things or talk about God in a way that treat Him lightly, that is an offense to God. And so there is substance to God; He is someone to be taken very seriously. Um, and uh, and so then the New Testament, uh, there, there's several words that can you know, be used in that context. But the, the primary one would be the word uh, we would be familiar with as doxa, which of course is where we get the word doxology oh, from, which is our way of bringing glory to God as we sing and worship. And th- essentially that term is the word 
that you would refer to as an estimation of value, where you're you see something and you're you're estimating or you're calculating its value, and so by worshiping, we are turning our eyes on God and we're seeing His value, His worth, His mm. His Majesty, and that's what a doxology is. It's just it's reviewing the greatness of who God is. And, uh, and there's lots of verses. Of course, if you just do a little study, which is a great thing sometime to do, just get out of concordance and, and, and look at the different times the word glory is used in the Bible. It's used a lot. And if you don't happen to have a concordance on the shelf, there's lots of online. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm a little old term, but uh, yeah, concordance, however you use the concordance, uh, but basically find a, a search engine that that brings up the word glory. There's just two that I'll, I'll share with you. One, Matthew six thirteen, Uh, and of course uh, that's in the Lord's prayer and it gets down to the end of that prayer. And uh, Jesus, as he's teaching us to pray, says for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forevermore or forever. Uh, and so Jesus himself, when he's teaching us how to, to talk to God, he says, first yours is the kingdom. And of course, in Matthew six thirty three, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. That ought to be a priority. And then, of course, to God also is the power, but then thirdly is the glory. And, and what Jesus was saying is every time we pray, we need to be reminding ourselves who the glory goes to, that the, the glory belongs to God. Now, there's another verse in, in the Old Testament that's also very interesting that we'll get to in a moment, but, but, but Isaiah 42, verse 8 Uh, God says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. Um, And what that means is there is a glory that belongs solely to God. That's why he's holy. It means he's set apart. He's different than the rest of us. And uh, he will not share it. Uh, And one of the greatest sins you can commit is to take credit for something God has done. Hmm. Uh, My dad's longtime associate, Ron Owens, wrote a, a song that I used to hear him sing called Touch Not the Glory. And it's a great, great song about if, if this is the glory of God, don't touch it. Uh, it's tempting uh, for humans to do that. When God does a great work in your church or he blesses your business, uh, makes you successful, we, we want to touch it and say, well, I worked hard for that. I, you know, I, I was brilliant at, at that. And, and do you think that's where some of this sort of nomenclature comes from when, when people praise you for doing something and, and we defer to, yeah. Guys. I mean, do you think there's some, I guess, some interplay there that's where, yeah. where, where, where I think Christians have sort of had this tendency not to, they don't want to mistakenly touch the glory. Yeah, I think so. And I think, and you know, I, I think there's a balance there though, because yeah. it's like if, if you've, if you practice the piano and you put in 10,000 hours of practice, which is, uh, I guess, sort of the standard amount if you're going to become a prodigy or, a, or an expert. expert at something. Um, you know, if, if you put in 10,000 hours, I mean, praise God that he gave you the stamina and the ability to do that and maybe the wealth in your home to own a piano and uh, parents that were supportive or whatever else. Uh, certainly God has blessed you in many ways to enable you to do that. But but you've also practiced a lot. And so yeah. to say, well, it's not me, uh, it's not, it's all God. I said, well, it, I mean, ultimately it is God, but, but God didn't practice those 10,000 hours you did. So, you know, I think there's a, there, there's a, I think a way to, when someone tells you, wow, that was a, th- that song you played on the piano today really blessed me. You know, I think it's okay to say, well, 
thank you. I that's I, that's always my prayer. That's why I, I that's why I learned to play the piano so I could try to bring glory to God by how I play it. But yeah, you know, there's a way where you don't just never take any credit, but at the same time, you also want to be careful to give God the glory that is due Him and right and to recognize the part God plays in your life. So, but in terms of just, uh, I think the really important thing is when you ask yourself, so what is my purpose in life? What, why has God put me on this planet? And there's several reasons, I think, but I would suggest that the number one reason that we are on this planet is to bring glory to God. We're, we're creatures of dust. We only, even live because we have the breath of God breathed into us. And every day, uh, God could, we could have one solar blast from the sun and the entire earth could be fried, you know, and every day God in his providence just keeps us alive. And so, uh, why does he do that? Well, I think the number one reason is if you're nothing more than a creature of dust and yet you choose willingly with your free will to submit to your creator, to love him, to serve him, to obey him, to adore him, to worship him. That brings a, a wonderful glory to God. It, it recognizes I'm just a creature and I know who my creator is and he is everything. Uh, now, God also desires fellowship with us. Uh, that is certainly true. God, and, and we can serve God. We can witness to others about God. There's a lot of things we can also do. But I think if you boil it all down, you'd have to say the number one reason is to bring glory to God. And if that is the case, then that should drive everything you do, whether you work in the marketplace, whether you're a pastor, whether you're just relating to people and family or friends. And I would say there's two primary ways that you bring glory to God. And the first way is, uh, that is by who you are. You can bring glory to God by the person you are. Uh, of course, to bring glory to God, you become like God. Uh, you, you, you imitate Christ. Uh, In fact, Romans eight says when God called us, uh, it was to conform us into the image of Jesus. And, um, and, and, that doesn't mean that necessarily you're perfect right now. I was uh, encouraging a friend of mine the other day that was just bemoaning the fact that uh, he looked back on his life and just kicked himself for things he did or didn't do. And, you know, you look back later and say, oh, I was just so stupid then. I, why did I do that? You know, why didn't I step up and, and act better and so on? And, um, and we all have that. Um, but, Sometimes we bring glory to God, and what I tried to encourage my friend was to say, "But, but, hey, that's not who you are now. Now that bothers you. Yeah. Now you look at that same behavior, and you, that's not who you are anymore. And so you, now you're appalled at that. What that means is you've changed. You've become more like Jesus, and it doesn't mean you've arrived yet. But you bring glory to God every time you're transformed to be a bit more like Jesus. And so right. I, I want to give people hope there, uh, and that's really what. Uh, that's what the, the fruit of the spirit is in Galatians five twenty two verses 23. It's, it's, uh, the spirit of God just every day making us a little bit more like Jesus. And right. so, uh, something happens in your life and normally you would have blown up in anger, but, uh, but now there's a calm, there's a peace, uh, there's a forgiveness. Uh, it, that may seem like a little thing to you. You might blow it off. Uh, but you need to stop and realize, you know what, when I didn't get angry, like I normally would have, when I didn't say something cruel and unkind and cutting back to the person, 
uh, like I used to do. I've just glorified God. Uh, when I have reached out in love to someone else uh, and ministered to them when there's no way they can pay me back, uh, I, I, it means that I'm becoming more like yeah. my creator. And uh, the more you, you resemble your creator, the more glory that you bring to God. And so some people mm-hmm. can say, well, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I, there's, I'm not much of, of uh, anything. I don't preach. I don't, I, I, I'm not a theologian, never written a book. But I'll tell you, there's just no way that you can bring more glory to God than just to behave like God. And everybody can do that. Uh, mm. And so, you know, I, uh, and, and so you, and so you reflect Jesus to others and people, when they get around you and they know you're a Christian, uh, then everything you do is a reflection on him uh, that, you know, of course we're kind of like those traditional parents that when our kids would, would go out uh, for an evening with their friends, we would tell them, now remember who you are. Remember you're a Blackaby. Remember that whatever you do, however you behave, people are going to think ab- about our family. And so represent our family well. And, and in essence, that's kind of how you bring glory to God. You, yeah. You conduct yourself uh, in a way that the way I would say it is whenever someone gets around you, do they come away more impressed with your God? Do they say, well, if Sam's, I know Sam's a Christian and he's such a kind person. He's such a thoughtful person, such a humble person. Uh, You know, that makes me think more of his God that he follows and that he imitates. I had a, when I was working years and years ago, at a psychiatric hospital, there was a guy that was working with us for a while and he was a Christian and he was, but he's a very outspoken Christian and he was a very bold witness. I mean, he's witnessing to everybody and kind of making the rest of us feel a little bad. I mean, everybody knew I was a Christian too, but I wasn't quite as in people's face as this guy was. He was just very, you know, he's going to make sure everybody got saved and, and, and so on. But one day his job on one day was to be, uh, searching for contraband in all the patients' rooms to make sure that nothing had gotten in the hospital. And uh, no one, all of a sudden this guy went missing. They couldn't find him. They went looking for him. Well, he was kind of tired that day and he decided to lay down on one of the patients' beds and he'd fallen asleep. They found him sound asleep. <laughs> and uh, so they he got fired. You can't do that. You can't be sleeping in a patient's bed even though the <laughs> patient's not there. And, yeah. and I thought to myself, you know, he he let everybody know he was a Christian, let everybody know that they should be a Christian, but then he gets fired for conducting himself poorly. And I thought to myself, you know, that, that he ended ultimately hurt. Because everybody that wasn't a Christian that was a little miffed at this guy for being in their face, you can imagine how they thought when it's like, well, the Christian guy is the one who got yeah. fired for yeah. not working right and not having integrity. And so, you know, it, it, how you conduct yourself certainly is a way to bring glory to God. And the other is, not, you know, the first is who you are. The second is what you do. You, by what you do, of course, you bring glory to God. And, um, and, and that's how you love people, how you forgive people. Your work ethic, your integrity. Uh, are you known as the guy who sloughs off when the boss isn't looking? Are you the, known as the one who always goes the extra mile, even if no one will notice? or it won't make any difference in your paycheck or your bonus? Uh, are you the person that everyone knows you're going to do your homework and make sure that you've got your numbers right and uh, you know what you're talking about? Or, um, you know, and, and there's just so many ways to do that. I, of course, you and I know that uh, the Kathy family, uh, Bubba Kathy, was, uh, is, goes to our church now, and, uh, uh, and the Kathy family kind of grew up in our church, and, uh, 
uh, and, and Bubba, uh, we know pretty well cause we're around him a lot. And, uh, he, um, uh, he owned some rental property that my oldest son, uh, was renting for a time when he got married. And, uh, one day Mike uh, wakes up on a Saturday and he hears, uh, a lawnmower very close to his house. And, uh, he's wondering what's going on. He looks out and there's Bubba Kathy, this very wealthy, successful businessman mowing his lawn. <laughs> and here's Mike, a newlywed, impoverished, uh, pa- uh, pastoral person of our church, uh, uh, watching this uh, very wealthy man mowing his lawn. And Mike's kind of embarrassed. He didn't know whether to walk out there and thank him or he was too embarrassed to to have this guy doing that for him. But, but you know, that brings glory to God when you're a wealthy, successful person, but you're humble enough to just try to bless your renters and to bless other people. And uh, there's just so many stories I could tell of just examples where I've seen business people who just did thoughtful things, just noticed people, just said yeah. thank you, uh, you know, brought a little gift, uh, just did, did gave a generous tip. Uh, there's so many ways uh, to bless people in restaurants and service industry, especially now, uh, that just says, you know what, I'm, I'm, re- I'm reflecting Jesus everywhere I go. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll wrap up. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. So, Richard, as we uh, wrap up this conversation, uh, one, it's just it's just very fascinating, and I think it's something that we don't often think about. I think it's, you know, the glory of God is something that's so baked into uh, what Christians do and, and just some of the, the verbiage that Christians use, that it's one of those things that we just, we say things and we do things and, uh, we just, we don't often reflect on what that actually means. And so this has been very, uh, an enriching conversation. And so maybe just before we, we finish up, um, what are a couple of other things that, that, that people can do to, to, bring glory to God or just to have a better understanding of, of what that is. Yeah. I, well, I think if, as I said at the beginning, if our primary purpose is to bring glory to God, then everything that, as we look at our life and our circumstances, we need to keep asking ourselves the question, what would bring the most glory to God in this situation? Uh, and, uh, if our, if our primary purpose is to bring glory to God, uh, then that will drive a lot of things. One of the things that that's going to affect is how we pray. Yeah. Uh, for instance, a lot of people have recently lost their jobs because of COVID. And uh, when you lose your job, and uh, of course that, that can lead to all kinds of stress, but, uh, but, but typically what is the first thing you pray when you lose a job? Father, give me a new job. Give me a new job, preferably one that pays better than the last job. Yeah. Uh, if you're sick, what's the first thing you pray? Get well. Yeah. Uh, so, or if someone else is sick or someone else has lost their job, uh, yeah. we, we automatic God. And, and we feel like God receives glory by answering our prayers. Yeah. Well, God, I'll be sure to give you the glory when you give me that raise and pay and that better job. Does that and, make sense to us? Yeah. Uh, and we assume God wants us to be happy and that God wants to bless us, which... Um, Plus, we'll feel a lot better when there's a paycheck <laughs> coming in yeah. versus when there isn't. But what if... God actually received more glory by you being sick and yet having the joy of the Lord while mm. you were obviously in pain and discomfort. 
or you were unemployed, and but you were absolutely confident God would meet all of your needs, even though you didn't have a steady uh, income at the moment. You know, I've known some of the some great saints over the years. Uh, back uh, earlier in the day, there were a couple of guys. Uh, one was uh, Ron Dunn. Another was uh, Manly Beasley. That were, were were two wonderful preachers and evangelists. Um, when I was a younger man, just starting out a ministry. But both of them had a couple of terminal diseases. And you just, and if you heard these guys preach or you read some of their books, you just got around these guys. You just thought, these are some of the greatest men of God I've ever known. God, why would you, why would you let this guy die young and die of, and, and, or suffer? Here, here, literally, sometimes these guys would get out of their hospital bed get dressed, get driven to a church and preach, go into a pulpit straight from the hospital bed. And, and you think, well, Lord, if I was God, I would, uh, I'd make these the healthiest guys on the planet. I'd, I'd give them super energy and strength so that they could just go preaching like, like wild people everywhere. Um, but I think in part this, it was their suffering that drove them to trust God more. Uh, I, I think it was their suffering at times that made them think, you know, if I feel great, I'm going to glorify God. But if I feel terrible, I'm going to still glorify God. I'm going to still trust him. I can still, it, 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 it's not hard to have joy when everything is going yeah. your way. Yeah. But to have the joy of the Lord when you feel horrible, when you, when you don't have the money to pay your medical bills, and it seems as if uh, people have abandoned you and they don't care about you, and yet you still have the joy of the Lord, that, that actually in many ways can bring more glory to God because that's unusual that that's unexplainable uh and so when when you face a difficult situation how do you pray uh do you pray immediately god just take this discomfort out of my life or do you actually have the courage to pray god whatever would bring you the most glory mm-hmm. in this situation if leaving me unemployed would bring you more glory than providing me a job then, then that's what I want. Because what I want more than anything, if my, if my purpose in life is to bring glory to God, then in every situation, I, I want whatever it is that will bring God the most glory. I, I don't have long to do this. Our life is not long. And so uh, some of the people who brought the most glory to God have died relatively young. You know, I, a lot of people love Oswald Chambers' uh, devotional, uh, Utmost for His Highest uh, book, but he died... Uh, relatively young died yeah. uh during world war one and 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 what could have been a preventable uh incident in his life and and you think to yourself uh well god why didn't you preserve him and heal him why did you let him die young but but his contribution continues to be one of the most impactful yeah. uh, devotions of all time and uh, and so it's not about how long you live, how comfortably you live, but did you live your life in such a way that magnified God to people around you? And, and uh, w- one last thing maybe I would just share is that if your purpose is to bring glory to God, then I would think that every year you would want to enter a new year and ask, so God, how can I bring more glory to, to you this year than I did last year? Yeah. And it's a hard thing to measure. You know, it's, it, it's hard to say, I think I brought God X amount of glory this year. Yeah. It's, you, only God really knows yeah. that uh, amount. But I, I think it still is not a bad thing to say, but, but God, 
what adjustments could you make in my life so that I do bring more glory to you? Maybe it's because I have to have a tougher year. I I work, of course, with a lot of business executives, and there's times where some really godly men and women have been let go of their jobs. They've been uh, they've been undermined because people didn't like their Christian values, uh, and uh, and really good people have been sent packing and been treated in a very ugly way. And you think, God, why would you not protect this guy? Why would you not keep his job or her job? And yet uh, their family was watching them. Their church members watched them. And they trusted God the whole way. They praised God. They had the joy of the Lord. Their kids saw that, hey, mom loves Jesus just as much when she is at the top of her uh, field as she is when she's unemployed. Uh, There's something real about this relationship. And so... uh, would you have the courage to pray and say, God, whatever would bring you the most glory in this situation, uh, I want to be, I, that's what I want. And to pray every day that way, uh, to pray thine is the glory. And, uh, and to do as, uh, as my friend Ron Owens uh, wrote and sang about, uh, to be careful not to touch the glory of God. Uh, if this is something that truly is of God, that he is the author, um, then don't dare try to step in the limelight and uh, divert people's rightful attention and praise from God over to you. It's a, you can't handle it. Uh, you're, yeah. you, those shoes are too big for you to fill. And so let me just encourage all of our listeners this morning. It is an undeserved privilege to go through every day of your life with the opportunity to actually bring glory to your creator. And I pray that each of you will do that well in the days to come. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.